This is Amrita and you're listening to Hekin Concerned Podcast. I'm so nervous as I record this. I don't know why. I suppose it has something to do with the fact that season one of Hekin Concerned Podcast has ended. It's a bittersweet feeling. I did 10 episodes. I explored the topics that I really wanted to and I met a lot of amazing people and I learned a lot of things. But there's also this beautiful suspense about the future. What will the next season be like? What will the world look like when that comes out? I don't know. We'll we'll find out when we get there. But season one has ended and I want to thank you all for listening. It sounds like a cliche, but I never thought that I would have a show and people would actually listen. Absolute strangers would listen and tell me what they thought, how they enjoyed it, how it made them feel or what it meant to them. Uh, Wow, this is what everyone or every artist, I suppose, dreams of doing with their life. Every storyteller dreams of telling a story or creating something that means something to an absolute stranger. So thank you for listening. Thank you for validating me. Thank you for sharing your thoughts and feelings. And thank you especially to all of my guests who came on the podcast and and allowed themselves to be vulnerable on my podcast for people to hear. I'm really grateful to all of the people who gave an unknown little podcast their time. It sounds like I'm saying goodbye forever. It's not. I'm just saying goodbye for a season. And season two will be back soon with lots of really cool ideas. But before I do that, I wanted to reflect a little bit on what season one taught me. The first episode and also the best performing, I would say, episode or the the most popular episode of the podcast was my interview with Sashi Pereira, the Melbourne comedian who shared her really scary dating story and we talked a bit about spinsterhood and dating for women for millennial women sashi thank you so much for coming on the podcast and telling me your story i cannot tell you the number of people that have reached out to me and said oh my god i heard sashi's interview and oh my god that is scary oh my god even on a dating app I was on Bumble and I told a few people about my podcast and one of my matches went and checked out the uh, episode and said, oh my God, that first girl's story was creepy. I'm not, I'm nothing like that. And I was like, okay, um, I don't know how to feel about the fact that you just give me a disclaimer that you're nothing like that. Um, so Sashi and I were talking about how the world is unfair to spinsters and women in general, but spinsters in particular. But a lot of millennial women are spinsters because technically we're in, you know, in our 20s or 30s and unattached. And that's cool. It's totally cool right now. And it feels like it's not cool because there's still the vestigial social conditioning of what a woman's worth is. Uh, and it's it's defined by her romantic attachments, but we're slowly learning. We're the we're the generation that's learning through doing that it's completely okay to be a spinster. And, and, and Sashi taught me about understanding your value as a person, and and this is particularly 
important because Sashi is now in a relationship, a beautiful, committed relationship. But she still speaks about her value as a person before defining herself through her relationship. She still talks about how it felt like to be a spinster. I really appreciate that. Um, there is a lot of uncertainty in dating. There's a lot of uncertainty in life in general. But the way to combat some of that stress and anxiety is to forever focus on you as a person, what your dreams are, what your values are, and live a life aligned to that. Romantic partners may come and go. It may be a long time before you find somebody else, but steadfastly stick to yourself because the person with whom you're going to spend the rest of your life is yourself first. So thank you, Sashi. That was a very interesting interview and I absolutely loved doing that with you. My next guest was Georgie Purcell, who's a politician who works for the Animal Justice Party in the Victorian Parliament. And Georgie taught me a lot about the Australian political system. I'd never really understood it in that detail before, straight from the mouth of somebody who's in the system herself. And that meant a lot. It inspired a lot of confidence in me that politicians these days are starting to look like Georgie Purcell. And, and, and so Georgie taught me that it's important to get involved in politics. It's important to now more than ever really lock horns with politics. It is for all of us. It is not just something for a small number of people. It affects us down to our very daily existence. In a, on a visceral level, it affects us, literally because right now, um, for example, abortion laws are something that's making news all over the world. And a little bit of follow-up since that interview with Georgie and how we discussed that abortion wasn't um, very well supported legally in New South Wales. We're now in the news talking about legalizing abortion in New South Wales and that's happening. So that was a fantastic thing that I could share with you all that that's a sort of follow-up from what we were talking about before things are changing and it's because of young people like us we need to keep talking about what we want from our politicians my next guest was joel kirkulis and even today weeks after joel's episode went online people are still sending him messages saying that they really appreciated his vulnerability and honesty in that episode Joel and I talked about how athletes deal with depression. And I've seen Joel since that episode as well, battling so many hard life changes by going to the gym every day. And the thing that is most important of, about that episode for me is that Joel didn't prescribe going to the gym as a solution for everyone's mental health problems. He is so compassionate and he really brought it down to values. What is your greatest value and aim in life? Do that. When, when times are tough, go and do that. I was feeling really bad about myself at that point because I wasn't going to the gym and I often thought about Joel when I didn't go to the gym and I was like, oh my God, here's this person. He's a titan. He goes to the gym every day, he's superhumanly strong. And it took that man, that same man that I was comparing myself to, to come and tell me that everyone's idea of perseverance is different, everyone's values are different, and what one person does is no less important than what another person does when it comes to 
following your dreams um, and picking yourself up and applying yourself over and over again. For him, it's the gym. That's what keeps him going. For somebody else, it might be something else. So thank you so much, Joel, for, for your compassion and for extending those beautiful lessons to us. Um, yeah, he, he taught me that chip away at life. Find something that is important. Keep it in your sight as a target and chip away at life. Don't ever give up. So thank you. After that, I spoke to my dear friend Nikki, Nikki Viveka, and Nikki taught me that as painful as it is to do, you absolutely must identify who you are and what you want your life to look like. And this isn't just some kind of woo-woo self-help talk, you know, find your passion, find out who you are. No, it's absolutely vital. It is important for all of us to sit down and think about what our hearts are really telling us. Rather than following some kind of social script about who we are meant to be, it's important for us to really chase what our hearts are telling us. And luckily, that is the allowance we have in our generation. That is what millennials and Gen Z is able to do. So do it because the the best artists and comedians and leaders and and the best anyone that has done something significant in life that has been of high value to themselves or others They've all had to sit and do this really tough introspection to find out who they really are, what their hearts' voices are really saying, and carve out that path and that niche for themselves. It's really hard to tell other people who you are. It's really hard to let your family and your friends down if they've expected something else from you. But in order to live a life that's fulfilled, you really need to do that. So thank you for for coming on the show and sharing vulnerably your journey of finding yourself and how you're continuing to look for yourself and find different versions of yourself. Nikki, thank you. After that, I spoke to Edie Shepard. And Edie taught me that to be anything but a straight white man in Australia is political in itself. You are born to politics, especially if you're a person of color especially if you're an indigenous person, your existence is political at this point. And it can be exhausting. It can be exhausting to politicize your body. And and Georgie said that too, that women have to politicize their bodies in order to get messages across. And it is tiring. Edie said that sometimes she just wanted to be herself without having to be a representation of anything. And... And and then she went on to explain how sometimes you need to find your kin, people who are like you, surround yourself by that so that you can take a break from your activism and breathe and just indulge in the ordinariness of you because it's important sometimes to just feel ordinary. From So from what I learned from Edie's interview was find people that are like you and with them take some more breathing moments in life. After that, I spoke to my friend Patrick Rehill and we talked about the environment and uh, from a utilitarian philosophy perspective about the greatest good for the greatest number. Um, and, and Patrick taught me that it's important for us to have a communal perspective in that our actions and our choices um, really 
it it'll be best if we link them back to how they might affect other people uh and and it sort of capitalism encourages us to pursue our own benefit above everything else in a way um and and so this is necessary going forward considering the environmental collapse that is impending that we we really start thinking about how we fit in in the ecosystem that's not just the planet and uh, other animals and other life forms but also other people that what we do we really need to step back and think for a minute whether this is harming the wider world and people around us uh, and that i think is a very valuable lesson and i'm going to keep exploring that idea in the future and this idea of community was also um reinforced in my interview with Niharika who I spoke to after Patrick Niharika Hiramat Niharika made me feel much less lonely we both came from similar backgrounds we're both children of immigrants particularly indian immigrants and we've both had um situations in our lives when we couldn't tell other people especially other indian people what was going on in our families or in our minds for fear of being judged uh we talked about the the common experience of thinking that everyone else's family is perfect but ours sucks and niharika really taught me that i wasn't alone in feeling that that we i felt validated i felt seen um thank you niharika for doing that um and and she taught me that the way to become a better society a healthier society is to talk about your problems is to take the risk that you might share something about your family that somebody else may or may not understand or may or may not appreciate and they might not respond properly but somebody else might you never know who might want to hear that you never know who might say me too and so as a person it's really important to be vulnerable and start talking about your feelings especially in immigrant communities and communities where that hasn't been the norm In week 8 I spoke to the bright and bubbly and smart Margo Tanhutko and Margo taught me that capitalism actually impacts our sense of self-worth our sense of identity and our mental and emotional states more than we realize We talked about how clothes or objects or materialism helps us express our identities but I realized through our conversation that that changes many different things help us express our identities and so when we think about um expressing who we are the, a sustainable self-expression has more than one media or more than one avenue it's clothes it could be your work it could be the people you hang out with so find a whole number of ways to express yourself consistently across different things um and and that's i think the most sustainable and healthy way of self-expression um and then i really loved doing my two-part series on men's mental health which was episodes 9 and 10 Uh in week 9 Mitra taught me so much about men's mental and emotional worlds something that I really hadn't understood much before that I hadn't really been privy to before um I grew up in a family and uh in a social environment that was largely dominated by women and I have to admit I really didn't understand men very much and I really appreciate Mitra again 
I'm using the word vulnerable and it's come up quite a lot, but that's what he did. He talked so openly and in a very raw way about his emotions, everything from liking to cry to, you know, performing during sex. All of these are very intimate things that one would really not be comfortable talking to a stranger about. But Mitra did that. He took the leap and he is open enough to be able to share those things with others. So thank you so much. It really means a lot to me that you came on this podcast, that you trusted a stranger in another country across the planet, somebody that contacted you on Facebook and said, hey, I read your article. Want to be on my podcast? And you were like, sure. But, you know, that's how committed you are to raising awareness about men's mental health, that you did that. So thank you. The extent to which men are also victims of patriarchy became really clear during Mitra's interview. Um, and, and he presented to me a really exciting model of masculinity, millennial masculinity. So I feel really good that, uh, you know, that Indian men might look like that. That's something that's really amazing. And finally, in week 10, I spoke to Carl Nelms, who's a psychologist that has a practice that focuses on working with men. He does a lot of work with men. Um, and Carl really taught me how to start difficult conversations, conversations that expose you to others, conversations that make you vulnerable. Vulnerable again. Bingo! Um, it wasn't just for men. I learned so much, too. So, for example, Carl said that if somebody asks you, how are you, just tell them honestly how you are. Because the socially acceptable response of fine, thank you, isn't getting us anywhere. In fact, it's making us lonely, particularly men who don't have avenues and social structures that support them opening up to others. And so men... If somebody asks you, a friend asks you, how are you? Just tell them honestly how you are. And once again, there's an element of courage there because the other person might not respond as you want them to. They might not understand. And that's part of the growth that you as a person and society in general needs. More people willing to take the risk to tell people how they really feel. This has been just uh, a fantastic experience in my life. It has really boosted my self-confidence, my self-esteem, my sense of purpose in life. I love my podcast. And I think that the key themes um, of, of this season one are really courage and communication. Um, these are the enduring themes of millennial life. And courage and communication has also simultaneously been a personal theme in my life. And part of that was starting this podcast, the courage to start this podcast and the courage to think that my voice or my effort matters. Uh, so that was season one, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If any episode stuck out to you as something that made a difference to you, please share it with at least one more person. We always love having new listeners. But season two is already underway. It's already in production. I have lots of exciting ideas. For example, I'm going to be talking about the absolute certainties of millennial life. Death, taxes, and screens. Mobile screens, TV screens, 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 screens. So 
that's coming up. I'm also going to be talking more about environment and climate change. I'm going to be talking about health and sleep. And I'm just going to be talking about coping with a crazy world. So stay tuned for my announcement of when season two will go online. And please send me your ideas for season two by going on Twitter at Concern or Instagram at Pod. And our Facebook page is called Hecken Concerned Podcast. The podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and Overcast. So you can go to any of these platforms and subscribe to hear new podcast episodes when they come out. I'm only going to be gone for a short while, guys. Hecken Concerned Podcast is going to be back with Season 2, Heckin' soon. ACAST recommends more podcasts, more episodes, more great shows. Keep listening to hear a show we recommend. Hi, I'm Christopher Kimball, host of Milk Street Radio. If you'd like to change the way you cook and also think about food, please check out the Milk Street podcast. We travel around the world to find pizza in Tokyo, Egyptian food in Berlin, and Bhutanese farmers in Vermont. We speak to Jamie Oliver, Rachel Ray, Al Roker, Ina Garten, as well as Michael Twitty, Marcus Samuelson, and Alice Waters. And we'll introduce you to recipes that will change the way you cook, from bright pink Tottenham cake to Afghan dumplings to shoyu sugar steak, and that one is direct from Hawaii. It's a whole new world of food right here on Milk Street Radio. Please check us out on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts, or go to 177milkstreet.com. We'll see you there. ACAST, A-cast. 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 A-cast.